Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. Yeah, we're doing a series called Over Conviction and uh, hopefully this series is helping you and uh, we're, not trying to, we're not just trying to give you all of our theology and thoughts, we're trying to help you to find your conviction based in the Word. The idea of coming to church is not just to hear a preacher, it's to get revelation so you can go and study the Word more yourself. God wants to, the best preaching you ever hear is not from me, it's from the Holy Spirit in your own devotional time. And, and whatever you're walking through, the answers can be found in Scripture to give peace, uh, to give answers, to give boldness. Um, sometimes God will answer directly the things you're asking, sometimes He won't. And either way, He's good and you can trust that He's turning things for his good, amen? And, and, and not always our good. It always will work out good for us. It's just, when I say that, I mean it's not the way you think good is, it's how he knows good is. And, and as you trust him and go on that journey, you can stand on that rock of his word. As the wind and storms come, you can stand on his word. Uh, we taught that the first week. The second week, we talked about pain and suffering and that it's real. And do we avoid it? Do we endure it? Uh, well, when you understand that God is sovereign, you can trust that even though I sometimes will endure through it, uh, I can trust that He is good. But I also understand that God not only is sovereign but suffered, so therefore He is close to me and He understands my pain. So as I walk through it, I can not only know He has good at the end, but I know that He is good and He is with me now. I walk in that healthy tension of both ends. And, but not only do we have pain and suffering, last week we talked about that He has given us spiritual authority, uh, uh, that, that God at the very beginning gave us authority over all things. And then the enemy, you gotta know this, the enemy can't take your authority, but we can give it away by agreement. And it's what we did with Adam and Eve. We came into agreement with his thinking and laid down our authority. So Jesus not only came for our salvation, but he came to give you authority over your life and your home right here on earth. Not just based on what I want, binding and loosing. We talked about, someone came to me last week and said, well, I lose a million dollars. You missed the point. Uh, it's that I, in line with his word, can take authority over my circumstances. I had someone come to me that I've been praying for last week. And uh, uh, she's been suffering with migraine headaches for around six and a half weeks. She came last week and said, they haven't broken. I said, I want you to listen to today's message. This week, she's been taking authority over those migraines. She came today and said, they are completely gone. Uh, are there, we serve a God who's given healing power. It's already finished. Sometimes you just gotta rise up in the authority of who, well, of, of, in on the Word, through the power of prayer, in the name of Jesus, and see circumstances change, amen? Today, I wanna continue, and we're gonna now give you a different area. So they're all connected, but all individual messages about something that if you just put in place, if you had a revelation and then a conviction about, it could lead to transformation in every part of your world. It, 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 there's some, it's a topic you've heard many preachers probably talk on before, but I want you to see this afresh today and catch the things I'm gonna show you that if you can get a conviction, it can change not only your life now, it can determine the direction of your future. Uh, and it's a little thing. 
Uh, I, I, I like going to the gym with other people because often when you're by yourself, you get lazy and you just wanna get through it. But when you go with someone else, they look at the little nuances. No, just twist your arm that way. No, just move a little bit slower. No, just fully extend. And it actually really hurts a lot more, which is why you kind of don't wanna go with someone, but it actually... It, results in the very effect that you're hoping for. Uh, There's little things that can make a difference. And today I wanna talk to you about a little thing that makes an enormous difference that we all need a revelation on, and it's the tongue. We're gonna talk about the words that come out of your mouth, and we're gonna talk about the words that don't come out of your mouth, but need to, because one of the keys to having spiritual authority is it cannot just be in your heart and in your spirit, it has to come out of your mouth, amen? Amen. So today what I'm gonna do is we're gonna look at James 3, which is the largest passage of Scripture on the tongue in in, in the Bible. And, and, And I'm gonna Break this down and and hopefully you not only look at this today, but you go away and you read this for yourself because it gives us a great understanding on the power, both for good and evil when it comes to the tongue. And so we're gonna start in James 3, verse one to two. And I always encourage you to take notes. It means so much more. Just hit that little aeroplane so you don't go on the gram or whatever else that's going on. But take notes today, it'll help you. Because these first two sentences have some mind-blowing statements if you really read them. I mean, I've read this many times, but in this last two weeks as I've been chewing on this, it's jumped off the page at me. Watch this. Firstly, not many of you should become teachers, James says, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And I wanna thank you for everyone in the foyer that does that so well every Sunday. That's excellent. Uh, So... Goes on though, it's not the point. Just to the side, thank you James. We all stumble in many ways. And anyone, watch this, anyone who is never at fault in what they, anyone at fault, anyone who is never at fault in what they, is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. He makes two incredible statements here. The first one, watch this. He said, if you could just control what you say, you'd be perfect. Now, no one's perfect but God. But the key from when you were a child all the way to now is found in your perfection or your fault. The very key to all of it is found in your tongue. You would be the perfect husband. You're allowed to nudge. But guys, do not nudge back in a minute, all right? Just saying, just saying, it works one way. But you are, you'd be the perfect husband if you could control what you said. No, don't nudge. You'd be the perfect wife. Maybe, possibly. If you, you do what, whatever you do is perfect, girls. But you'd be the perfect wife if you control what you said. Kids, you'd be the perfect kids. Increase the pocket money if you controlled what you said. You'd be the perfect mum or dad if you can control what you said. You'd be the perfect follower. Isn't that, isn't that mind-blowing? That we work so hard sometimes on behaviour, but if we could just control this, everything could change. And then he goes on and thinks, you think that's good? I'm talking about there your spirit, but now I'm gonna talk about your body. He goes in fact to say, if you can fix your tongue, you can fix your body. You could, you could control your body. Like, it means this, if you could fix this, you could deal with your worry. If you could just fix this, and by the power of what you say and don't say, you could fix that fitness issue. If you could fix this, you could actually fix that addiction. It all happens, it is all kept in check 
from here. And you might think James as a preacher is exaggerating. Well, the Holy Spirit chose to not put his exaggerated preaching in. He only put the things in the Bible that he wanted us to know is true. This blows my mind. He's trying to get our attention. He's saying what Proverbs says is literally true. True, that the tongue has the power of, put on the screen for me, life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Your tongue is your biggest asset or your biggest liability. It has the ability to bless, encourage, empower, strengthen and create life. But it also has the ability to hurt, destroy, curse, damage and kill. I mean, how careless are we with what comes out of our mouth regularly? And yet we want the blessing and favour of God and we want to live in both. I mean, even as Christians, sometimes when we're trying, we say some dumb things. Can we, can we admit that? I mean, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for nearly 17 years. I talk to a lot of people. I've heard a lot of good-intended, ill-spoken people, you know? Sometimes I, I go to people, how, they'll ask me how I am. I'll say, how, I'll say I'm good. And they're ready, they're waiting to let me know. He's gonna teach the young man a lesson. You're not good, only good God, only God is good, son. I'm like, are you kidding? Or maybe I'm not good, is that what you wanna hear? Can I say, when God, it's a misquote of scripture. When God created the earth, you need to know, what did he describe us as? As good. Is he turning all things for good? My declaration in my mouth is sometimes we take one line of scripture and we create a theology around it that actually isn't true. Can I say, you are made in God's image, you are allowed to be Good. I spoke to someone just this week and then this person had served God all of their life. Really beautiful person. I just wanted to encourage them and say, thank you so much. I literally said, you're a bit of a legend. Thank you so much for how you served. And they stopped me quickly and said, do not finish your sentence. If I take encouragement from man, I lose my reward in heaven. Guys, <laughs> just for a moment, let me help some people. How cruel do you think God is? That you could serve Him all your life and it's like, the angels are up there building you a mansion and they're like, they're, you know, plastering in one second. They're like, one, one second. Did Josh receive a compliment? Cancel the second bathroom, it's gone. By the way, he doesn't actually say you, you, get, you get mansions, but we'll leave that one. I don't wanna burst all the bubbles today. We, we, say, we, we say things like when someone's going through pain, well, God shuts a door, he opens a window. What? And we feel obliged to say thank you because there's just things that we just say because we're actually sometimes not deliberate or thoughtful about what actually comes out of our mouth, even when we mean it for good. But then what about all the other things that come out of our mouth? We think they're just words or statements or jokes. We're Aussies, we just pay ourselves out. Uh, the one place the Bible says we grieve the Holy Spirit is what comes out of our mouth. Let me show you in Ephesians, it says this. Uh, it says, do not let, this is the context for the scripture. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your Mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Then it goes on. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. It's all connected to the tongue. You see, we say things like, uh, we, we, to be honest, we lie. It's so easy to gossip. So easy just to curse and with what we watch, have unclean conversation. But even the worst of it all, your tongue that was created to praise God 
continually on your lips is the very thing that talks about the negative problems all the time. Saying things like, I'm no good. It just comes out. No one cares. No one will if you say it. Some of us, we're such an Aussie thing, but we make jokes about our marriage, but we're speaking it into the atmosphere of our marriage. We're accidentally hoping that we can walk in blessing and healing and his promises while the negative is being spoken. Can I say, it doesn't matter how many songs you sing to God, if you speak out those negative things, you're undoing the very things that you declared over your life. And you sound like, but, but I praise God on Sunday and I pray to him every day. Yes, but what else is coming out of your mouth? James goes on to talk about this, right? He says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. I mean, how often do we praise God here but go out and talk about people, talk about our boss, talk about that person? He doesn't accept it. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. We're hoping that we turn one tap on and then we turn a different type of tap on that it's all gonna come out fresh. We're praising one minute and cursing the other. I was just in, a, I was just in Indonesia this week with our solo campus and God's doing amazing things there. Made a move of God, it's just cool. Uh, but there's one thing whenever I go to Indonesia is what, I never drink the water. Bali belly, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna get sick. And, and, and there's some places you go where they tell you, don't turn the tap on and drink water or brush your teeth with that water. But then there's other places where they're like, it's okay, you can trust that tap. But here's my theory, if one tap comes out bad and one tap comes out good, I'm not drinking from any tap. I'm drinking bottled water the entire time. And, like, and, and while that's logical, it's the exact same with what comes out of our mouth. If one tap that comes out of us is praise and one tap is negativity and lies and gossip and, and conversation and even just comments that speak the opposite to who God is and who He created us to be, how can God trust us with the authority that is given to us to be enacted? The truth is it gets polluted. And we said last week that Satan can't take away your authority but you can come into agreement and lay it down. You can listen to what he's asking you to compromise with and lay down your agreement. And what happens is we forget who we are and we actually end up having an identity crisis because we are children with God made in His image to have the authority of Christ, yet constantly we're talking about who we're not, how we fall short, what I don't have, how I'm not good enough, what's going on on my back, what all those things and cursing everyone else and yet being wondering, how come I don't feel like a child of God? How come I don't see all of His promises in my life? See, what happens when we speak out negativity is we are actually coming into agreement with the enemy as the people who have been given authority for positivity. So God gave you an authority to see forward momentum and breakthrough power in your life, but when you speak out negativity, you are verbalizing agreement with the one who's speaking the opposite to what God promised over your life. And it's at that point you lay down the authority that he's given to you. See, let me show you this. What it is, is the enemy's not trying to get you to be negative. 
The enemy knows negativity is the evidence of unbelief. Now, why does unbelief matter? Because faith is pleasing to God. And if faith is what is pleasing to God, if faith is what gets the attention of heaven, if faith speaks what is not as if it was, if faith declares His promises and His goodness, if faith is what gives me my breakthrough, which is based on the Word of God, He wants you to speak every other word which comes out in negativity, but is a heart evidence of unbelief. That I know God could, but I actually don't believe He will. That I know God says this about me, but I don't actually believe I am. That I know God's promised this for this area of my life, but I'm yet to see it, so I'm not sure that it's real. You see, what happens is what's in your heart comes out of your mouth, and he, he lies to us and says, but you're just a realist. You're just a balanced thinker. No, some of us need to stop speaking about the problem. We've been straight these, these last few weeks. Are you okay with this? I wanna help you to be set free. You need to stop speaking about the problem. I wanna show you this in a moment. You cannot have faith in your heart and different words on your lips and think that you will see the fruit of your heart. No, you will see the fruit of your lips. Faith is only, catch this, faith is only given authority when it comes out of your mouth. Faith doesn't have the authority in the heart. It has authority when it comes out of your mouth. Which is why when we say, come on, praise God, we're trying to get what's in your heart out of your mouth because there's power in it. So when we hear the Word, we're not just hearing the Word, we say amen because it's not for the preacher, although it helps sometimes, it really is to come into agreement with what God's saying and saying, when you say amen, you're saying, let it be so for me. And you're speaking into the spiritual atmosphere of your life. But when we're silent, I mean, like a GPS shows the location of your car, your lips show you the location of your heart. And it's only by what comes out of your mouth do we see whether we are living in faith or unbelief. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's a question, does your inner belief believe that God is good and He's got good for you? Or do the things that come out of here actually declare I'm not too sure if He's pleased with me and if He has good for me? No matter what we think, the, the truth is our words all week long give you the answer. See, what happens is our, our negative inner beliefs end up taking over our thoughts. They affect my feelings and my emotions, which is why the Bible says to guard your heart, don't listen to it. And then eventually it comes out of my mouth and it affects the entire environment. That what I speak over me in my marriage and my kids and my boss and my church eventually becomes a truth for me because I've spoken it into being, even ignorantly. You see, the flip side of this is, you understand, I'm not saying don't pretend there's not issues. The other side of it that I often see in some Christians is like, they'll walk in, you know, they're blowing their nose, they sound like, you know, they're in a, I'm like, are you sick? And they're like, no brother. I'm like, well, you sound pretty congested and uh, there's snot and, and all the rest and, and, and we don't live in reality. You see, you're allowed to say you're sick, but it connects with, but God's healing me. You're allowed to say there's a lack in my life, 
but you have to remind yourself and with the same voice say, but He is Jireh and He is my provider and He makes a way, I can trust Him. You're allowed to see the problems. It's not being ignorant of the giants. The problem isn't that Joshua, that the, that the 10 out of the 12 disciples, uh, 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 spies saw the giants. It was, that was the end of their declaration. It's that we can see the giants and declare that God has already given us victory. You see, when you see those things, it is not a problem. It is an opportunity to come into agreement with who He is. You gotta catch this. Faith speaks differently, not ignorantly. So we're not ignorant of what's going on. We don't put our head in the sand, but at the same time, our conversation is not focused on those things. Our eyes are fixed on Jesus while we're aware of what's going on around me, but the wind comes, the storms rage, the floods rise, but I'm standing on the rock. So while that is going on, He has my attention and it changes how I speak. I mean, what was man's first job? It was named the animals. It was to give purpose, direction, and value. These aren't just sound waves that are coming out of our mouth. We are speaking life. We are changing atmospheres. We are changing destiny. Those things, those little slips, those little comments that we say to our children to try help them to be better, but is actually bringing them down. We'll end up directing them to the very thing you're hoping they don't go towards because we speak them over. We have to watch our mouth. Those comments and side comments and jokes and things we say actually have power. There's more power in this little thing than you realise. What we're gonna do is we fix the tongue, heal the body, adjust the soul and free your spirit. Fix your tongue, heal the body, adjust your soul and free your spirit. It has, has more power than you realise. Let's go back to James. What does it say? Put it on the screen. It says, and we put bits, bridle into the mouth, into the what? Into the mouths of Horses to make them obey us and we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example, although they're very large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body and it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Sometimes we, we think it's all the big things. <laughs> the Bible's filled with God's attention on the little things. It's the small foxes that spoil the vine. It was a, a, a small voice in the house of Naaman that turned a city. It was a small boy's lunch of five loaves and two fishes that fed over 5,000. It, it, it was a couple mites in a bucket that got the attention of heaven. It was just a small cup of water that David wanted from the well of Bethlehem. It was a small child in a manger that changed all of our eternity. Let me tell you, it's the little things that actually really do matter. And we think this doesn't matter. It matters a lot. You look at a small bridle on an incredibly strong horse. You say, the, 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 the horse will be fine. No, no, that bridle, that, that bit in the mouth actually controls the direction of the horse. And without it, the horse is wild. You see, this little thing here actually determines the direction of your life more than you even realise. And without it, no wonder it goes wild. It's like the ship, you know, it will, the ship will be servant to the wind and the waves without that small rudder. And it's only a small rudder, but it actually takes it through those seasons. Your life will be servant to the storms in your life unless you take control of this little rudder that determines the direction of your life. I, I, I mean, it talked about a forest fire that just comes from a spark. You can spend, who knows this, you can spend years investing into relationships and they can grow and bear fruit, but one wrong conversation and word and it can burn down. 
You can be praying and believing, but it's in a season where you start to change the, de the de declaration of your lips and all of a sudden you feel like your life's going off track. I tell you why, it's because you allowed that after building and growing and having fruitfulness, the thing that can undo it all is just a little spark. See, those words, well, we never. No, but, he, but he hasn't. That's just us, that's just our family. That's the, the Greenwoods always have had that. Those things need to be broken over us. Those things that people have wrongly spoken over you and it was wrong. But accidentally, we've now repeated it and it's become an agreement with who someone else said we were rather than who God says you are. I can't or he, he won't for me. Those things have power. And, 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 and my friends, you've got to realise a redeemed, a redeemed spirit doesn't mean a redeemed tongue. And because Christ has redeemed your spirit does not mean He has redeemed your tongue. You have to do that. You have to make a choice that while He has saved me, this thing still is evil and this thing will still stir, uh, leads the direction of my life. So I now have to go into a journey of seeing this sanctified and this changed and this redeemed also. And that is a journey because it's not naturally good. How do we know? Well, James luckily has a big thesis on this and it goes on and says, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil. Catch this, take this seriously, a world of evil among the body parts, the parts of the body. It corrupts the, it corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course, the direction of one's life on fire and it is itself set on fire by hell. I mean, all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of poison. Can I give you an example? I never had to teach my kids to say no. Their tongue was waiting for the moment. I never had to help them say mine. That was ready to go there. I never have to teach my children to be selfish. They've got that. How do I know? It comes out of the mouth. So you know what I teach them? I have to teach them manners. I have to teach them and redirect their tongue, which will determine the direction of their life to say please and to thank you and, and, and to choose to say here. You know, uh, those, those words that are so hard from a young age are actually a picture of our spirit and also the very thing that gets us in trouble for the rest of our life. Uh, this good note, your tongue is working against you, but it can also work for you. Because the very thing that accidentally curses is the very thing that can deliberately bless when we have a conviction that's based on the word that this thing, this rudder, this spark, this, uh, this, this bit is powerful, amen? Which is why you cannot do it without the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot control it on your own. As hard as you try, he's saying everyone's tried, everyone's failed except for Jesus. Keys and come. So this is, let me show you something, and I alluded to it before, but this is all of this to help you to get this. There is power in the spoken word. The power is found not just in reading, but faith comes through. Faith comes through. There's power in the spoken word. So you can have faith in your heart, 
but not speak it out over your life and your marriage and your kids and your family. And it does not have the power that of all the other words and things you're saying. Because whatever you speak to, you have authority over. So when you speak, you are speaking either Jesus' authority or the enemy's. Now, you might say, but I'm a believer and in my heart, I do believe God can. In my heart, I do believe God will. But can I say, when it comes to our salvation, which is the most important linchpin of our faith, it doesn't say in Romans, believe in your heart. It says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and then you'll be saved. That greatest moment of faith can't just be found through having a hope in our heart. We actually have to declare over our future. We have to speak out God's promises. We have to change the direction of our kids by what we speak over them when they sleep and rest. We have to say things over our husband and wife that aren't just what we see. It's speaking into a supernatural realm and it's affected by what comes out of our mouth. You see, you might believe God's good, but let me show you this, I said it last week, the enemy can't read your thoughts. He is not everywhere, he is not all powerful and he is not all knowing. So he plants thoughts but doesn't read your thoughts. So you don't have power over him by positive biblical thinking. It's essential in order to get it out of your mouth. And it's there when it gets out of your mouth, you have the power to demolish strongholds, to bind on earth what is bound in heaven and loose on earth what is loose in heaven. But it has to get in from here in your spirit, out of your mouth. Is this helping you today? Your, your breakthrough is empowered through your words. And the cycle that we get stuck in is empowered through your words. In fact, it also works in the opposite. Silence is the breeding ground for contempt. Silence is the breeding ground for negativity. It is not a personality type. It is not a, this is how I grew up. It is not a culture thing or a nationality thing. It's a kingdom thing that it has to get from in here, out of here to have power. I mean, can I say, show you this, this principle God applied to Himself. In the, earth, in the beginning, as we always go to, and the earth was void and without form, it was lacking. And God envisioned what could be. He saw what was not as if it was. Did He think it into being? Did He just believe it into being? No, even God to Himself applied this principle that He saw it and He spoke the earth into being. He spoke life. He spoke change. He changed the atmosphere of the air, of the heavens, through taking authority and by His words changing things. If He applied that to Himself, how much more do we in the image of God have to apply it to us too? If we wanna change the atmosphere of our life, if we wanna change the direction of our future, if you wanna take authority, because we all walk through pain and suffering, you need to through word and power, through prayer in the Name of Jesus, begin to take your authority back through speaking out the promises and the Word of God over your life and over your family, amen? This is why the Bible says He's the Lord of our confession. That's why it says, let the redeemed of the Lord 
think so. No, it's not, it's say so. It's why Moses was punished for not speaking to the rock. It's why Jesus, when He talked about faith, said, if you speak to the mountain. It's why Ezekiel had to speak to the dry bones. There's an authority that God gave you and it's found in the tongue, amen? Team can come. This is why. Acts chapter two, as now authority's been given back and he's like, don't go try this on your own. And the Holy Spirit comes. What is the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit? It's, it's tongues. That all of a sudden, we now speak in tongues because even when I don't know what to say and even when I'm so discouraged and so hurting and suffering and in pain and in loss, when I have no words, I have a Holy Spirit language that overtakes my natural sight and my tongue. I love that He didn't even divert the tongue. He wants to use the tongue for power. He gave us the gift of tongues to have supernatural authority because there's power in what you confess. Amen. To the side. August 9, we're, we're gonna do a night where we're just gonna pray for anyone that wants to be filled with the Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's a Wednesday night, we're gonna worship, we'll teach, so you get the theology, we'll pray. I'm believing that night, we're gonna see over 100 people filled for the first time with the Holy Spirit. I mean, 70 something kids at youth camp. That, that belief like a child, I could be, for you too, amen? But what can I do now? Tell you what, you can bless. You can choose to bless. That when you don't have the words, and when all else falls aside, and when you, we do struggle, the one thing you can do is you can choose to bless. You've got to get your own conviction. You've got to go read this. You've got to go on the journey. It's not hear a message and everything changes. It's not that easy because there's wind and waves, and we're wild stallions. <laughs> like, we. Got to get a control of this. But the one thing you can choose is to bless straight away. I learned things from my mum and dad, but there's certain things I've got. My mum, I learned to pray. But my dad, I learned to bless. You see, you see me and my brothers, we seem confident. Doesn't mean we always were. Even now we're not, to be honest. But he'd always speak, no, Josh, you're a child of God. Come on, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You are more than a conqueror. When they saw us struggling with faith and, and belief, they put in the back of the toilet door, you are more than a conqueror in Christ who loved you. I memorised it just because I sat in the toilet so much. Like that's, but they put it in me. Because uh, some of you, marriage isn't perfect, but you start blessing it. Start telling your husband and wife, I love you. And we're gonna make it. Those jokes have got to stop for your kids. Even when they're not who you want them to be, speak into them. No, that's not who you are. You are a good child. You are obedient. You, you are respectful. You, you. Uh, for your boss. No, no, as you walk in the car, God bless them. Man, I can't imagine their weight, but today I'm believing you're gonna bless them even if they're not a blessing to me because I'm already blessed. I don't need their blessing, so bless them. Uh, whatever it is, you choose to speak life into it because what is not there, you can envision and it has power. How do I change my inner belief? Come on, stand with me. I start to praise. I start to bless. And what my 
praise does and my thankfulness does and my blessing does, it moves me from being self-absorbed to God conscious. And I start to be aware of who He is, even if my circumstances don't reflect it. But I know that as I begin to speak, all authority has been given to us in heaven and earth. It was the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the King's domain, authority here, that whatever you bind shall be bound and whatever you loose shall be loosened, but it has to come out of your mouth, amen? So it's not that we're oblivious when we're sick, but I'm declaring that He's my healer. And it's not that I I don't pretend not to be stressed. Oh my gosh, look at my life. But there's a peace that flows like a river. And it's not that I'm not sad. I mean, life has given me some blows, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. Even when I don't feel it, I'm gonna declare it. And maybe I feel lost right now, but I thank You that He's the one that's my Saviour and He found me. And when I feel totally and utterly helpless, He's the one that comes and lifts me from the miry clay so I can have hope. When there's nothing left to give and I'm empty, I know He's the one that comes to give life and life to the full. And when I'm tired, I thank You, God, that You're my rest. And when I don't see things changing, I don't know where to go. I just know I can choose in the middle of the storm to use my rudder. And what I declare begins to change my feelings. I may not think it, I sure don't feel it, but I choose I'm gonna declare it because when I do, I take that authority over my life and my future and things begin to shift, amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. 
You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.